When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But got to the end of the road and thought, what if this lane isn't the right lane? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be a doctor or a businessman or ministry, a pastor? Like we just go through all of these different occupations and we completely forget and disregard our original calling, which is to be a son or a daughter of God. God's a big target because he's not the occupation itself. He's what you're going to do through the occupation. Whatever we give to God is never lost. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling, And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. This episode is about how finding your calling isn't as hard as you think. And we have the privilege of having with us Arden and Christian Bevere. You might recognize the Bevere name. That's the powerhouse family that has put out some really, really solid content for your walk with God. And specifically, we're excited about this new book on identity. Yes. We have been using it for the past several mornings for some devotion material, and um, it is solid. We're excited to interview the two of these folks from Sons and Daughters. Um, that's the author, the collective that wrote the book about uh, how finding your calling isn't as tough as you think. They actually help us out with where to start. Yeah, and if you are struggling with finding your identity or dealing with issues related to that, we could totally recommend picking up this book and studying it and applying it to your life. So listen in. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. We're so thankful to have you on today. Welcome. We're so honored to be here. Thanks, guys, for having us. Absolutely. You guys have an incredible book out there that you've written with uh, your group, Sons and Daughters, and we'll get more into the book. Um, but we have found so many golden nuggets in that book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love uh Talking about identity is such an important um, thing. I, well, I find a lot of people know it's important to know who they are, mm-hmm. but they don't give it very much thought and they maybe take influence a little bit too much from society and mm-hmm. what society wants to put on you as, you know, this is your identity. Yeah. So I'm thankful that you guys wrote this. Totally. Um, very good. And in church circles, and I'm sure you guys do a lot of ministry, so you've found this as well, I'm sure. But in church circles, identity kind of gets nested under this idea of calling. You know, what is my calling? And a lot of young people are trying to figure that out. Um, so before we ask you like to define calling, can you guys talk with us a little bit about what calling is not? Yeah. So we actually spend an entire chapter within the book uh, talking about calling. And I think I think this has been something that has honestly been really misunderstood in our generation because we're all like, well, what is my calling? Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be a doctor or a businessman or ministry, a pastor? Like, we just go through all of these different occupations and we completely forget and disregard our original calling, which is to be a son or a daughter of God. And I don't, I do think God pays 
paves this direction that he has for us, where we go into areas of occupations where we're like, hey, I know this is what I was called to do. And you're working in that and you've got this flow within that. But I think what happens is first, you have to grab hold of that calling. We think that honestly, the problem in the world, is not a lack of sons and daughters of God. It's a lack of those who have grabbed hold of what it actually means to be a son or a daughter of God. And so what we talk about in this book is we talk about a calling is not something that's like this one time discovered. Like I discovered it. Like now I know I'm supposed to do this. We say that calling is cultivated over a lifetime of discovery. And we believe that when you understand that your calling is cultivated, that every single day that you live is without like waste. There is purpose. There is purpose found in the mundane things of life. And that is where your calling is wrapped up into. And so that's what we have really kind of passionate about because we do see people just get into this place where they're like, oh, what am I called to do? And then they just, mm-hmm. they just stand still. And they won't take full advantage of what God's already called them to do. And that they already know, like they know their sons and daughters of God, but yet they're still trying to find that. So they're waiting for this real revelation when God says, no, the, the steps of a righteous man is ordered by the Lord. And so I've got that covered. Walk out that calling as a son or a daughter of God. Yes. Yes. I love that. So well captured. That's good. So you're, you're saying that your calling is not your occupation um, or even your ministry title. You kind of grouped in like doctor, uh, you know, preacher, yeah. businessman, lawyer. So it's not any of those. What are other things that people might think their calling is, but it's not? Yes. Well, go ahead. I mean, so I want to make sure I bring clarity to that too. And I'll let you jump in. So it's like, we do think that that is part of it. Like God does call you into specific realms. And he says, like, I, like we watch as God's grace, amazing businessmen to be businessmen. They've not graced, you know, we, we've seen a lot of people who are like, I wanted to become a pastor. And so I left business and I got went to become a pastor and the grace to be able to operate in the giftings that God gave them left. And they're like, what? I don't understand. It was because they left their area that God has called them into. But I think what we just see so often is we feel like just people get so caught up on that occupational thing. I mean, my dad wrote this book, Driven by Eternity, which I love. And it's absolutely incredible because he talks about, he says, you know, what you do at the cross will determine where you spend eternity. But how you live this life, what you do with the cross will determine how you spend eternity. And I think that's really important is we've got to understand of like, yes, we've been given this decision, but then that's just the beginning of the cultivation of our gifting and our calling of what God has called us to do. And God will walk those out and he's given you specific callings that will go into these different areas. So, sorry, I wanted just to bring clarity to that. That's helpful. That's good clarification. Yeah. That's good. Anything else, Christian, that you would add to that as far as um, like what people think their calling is and then they kind of miss the core of what their calling is? Yeah. And Arden, I love that you brought clarity to that. But I, I think so much of why we say your calling is not your job status. It's not your last name. It's not your relationship status. Mm-hmm. It's because if we become, if we let those encapsulate us, then we become short-sighted. And what we've seen is calling is a lifetime of discovery. It's a lifetime of adventure with God. And so when we get narrow-minded of, okay, well, it has to go down this route because that's the only way I can see myself becoming a, a pastor is doing this school. But then what happens? You don't get into that school or God's calling you somewhere else. And if you're so short-sighted, you think, well, I've missed it. Like, what do I do? And then discouragement sets in. So we see calling is um, not a linear look, but it's actually an expression of God. Then we bring in, um, Hey, like I'm creative. I'm going to see how God is creatively using my calling in this season, in the next season, um, when I'm a mom of two or when I am 60 years old, like it just, it develops the further we go. And we were talking about Italy earlier before we officially started podcast talk (laughs) and in my research of kind of where do we want to go what do we want to see because we're going there soon i started looking to pompeii and was just so um enthralled by the history there and the significance of um what that place can mean to just thinking about life and the in the grand expression and i saw something where they had uncovered um what they thought to be remains of people that were tragically lost their lives within the volcano yeah. and this uh archaeologist came in and he's like 
this is who this person was. This is their story. This person was a teenager and uh, just gave them all these backstories because he thought I'm going to come in one time, uncover it, identify it, and then that's it. But someone else came in years later with advanced technology. They spent more time researching it. And they actually said, hey, actually, this person was of royal lineage. Um, they were trying to break free. And they just had this whole other story to this discovery. And I think of that as similar to our calling of if we come in one time and try to get all of the details and all of the download in one way, we can start to add our own expectations or our own vantage point when God's saying, you continue to dig. Will you let um, the dreams I'm placing in you, the talents I'm placing in you evolve and not just say, this is it. This is the one thing, but this builds and trusting in him to develop that within us. I just thought that correlation, someone, you know, that's so good. Somebody listening. I love that. That's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. I I was working with a, a teen recently and, uh, and this is something that I find very common is that they are in, they're stuck in this, okay, now decide. Mm-hmm. So they see this, their future and they don't want to make a bad decision. Mm-hmm. So, so like you said, they're standing still, like kind of looking at like, you know, three forks in the road and they're like, okay, which one do I take? I could be a doctor. I could be a lawyer. I could be a preacher. I could be a, and they're afraid of making the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And so I love how you're talking about, you know, taking time and being creative and allowing yourself, you know, the freedom and even allowing yourself to miss it once or twice, you know, <laughs> like you, hardly anybody, it feels like figures it out right away Yeah, yeah. by giving yourself that leeway. Yeah. I love that. And we, we talked about it recently we're like, well, what if God doesn't give you a map like you know a map is very you can clearly see okay i'm going here this is the route i have to take in order to get there yeah and and it doesn't require a lot of trust yes a lot of us are really bad at reading maps i would be one of those that i still get lost even using siri all the time but what if god gave you a compass and a compass shows this level of trust of understanding like i don't know right ahead of me but i do know the direction that i'm supposed to be going and yes there is going to be places where I come to and I cannot, like, I can't get across this valley. I can't get across this cliff place. And I've got to work and figure out how do I strategically get around this, but continue to know that I am going in the right direction, even though that I know if I come up against rough terrain or something that I didn't expect, I still know I'm going in the right direction. And I think a compass allows you to keep moving forward. I think mm-hmm. what we do do is, you know, it kind of comes back to that decision that we make when we were coming out of high school. It's like, you know, you kind of go through high school and everyone's in those final days of like, I'm going to this school and I'm going to study yeah. this and I'm going to study this. And then you go through college and you realize like, I changed my major maybe like five times. And you're like, and I still not doing what I actually wanted to do. And you get frustrated because you had to make this quick decision of like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I remember actually, I decided, I, I told myself, I said, you know, I, I was planning on going that route. And I was one of the, which it might be a little bit different now, but I was one of the only few kids that are actually, was graduating in my class that was not going to college. I was, I was going to just, I told myself, I'm going to take a year uh, to go and intern and I'm going to really kind of dig down deep and see what God has for me. And I watched as God just was able to pave that direction for me through that year, because I did not rush into a decision or did not think it has to look like everyone else. And I think that's what is so unique about the callings that God has for you. If you're looking at other people, if you're looking at the the trails that they've paid, the maps that they've used, you're going to miss it. God has such a unique journey for you. And it, it requires such a level of trust just mm-hmm. as using that compass to be able to uh, direct us. Yeah. How do you decide that you needed to take that time? Yeah. Um, so that, that came from prayer. I actually had a full ride scholarship to play golf. Um, and I loved playing golf and I, it was something I was really excited about doing. And I remember I just continued uh, my senior year. I had a real big, I was the only one of my brothers that walked away from God. And I had a real big comeback moment, um, midway through my junior year of high school. And I just had really 
dig down deep with, with God. I remember I just started going through like just the craziest books, of the Bible, and just trying to learn like, wow, what are you speaking through these? And I remember during that time, my favorite book, of the Bible was Job, which I remember I told someone that and they're like, you're crazy. You're a believer. Like, why would That's you rough. that? <laughs> exactly. And I was like, but I enjoyed it because it showed a new expression of God as that I had never seen before through the, the Job suffering and God's revelation of himself to Job at the end of the book of Job. And so it was just a time period that I dug deep. And I remember God just kind of challenged me on that. And when I kind of, when he kind of told me that it was actually funny, I was at a golf tournament and I had a kid ask me, he said, Hey, where are you playing next year? And I said, Oh, I'm actually going to take a year off and go intern for a church. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, no, I'm not. Like, and like the sheets just hit me in that moment as I said that, because it was not something I wanted to do. And I remember I actually went on and won the golf tournament and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to pray into this. And as I did, I, I just felt like he was telling me just to, to go ahead and take that year and dedicate the time to it and understand that that year, like whatever we give to God is never lost. Like that's the amazing thing. Oftentimes we think like, oh man, if I give this time, I'm not going to get it back. But the Bible says that whatever we give to him, it is going to be restored back to us in a greater fold. And so we've got to understand that when we're thinking about those decisions and coming to that time period of our life and understanding that there's nothing more that you can do, just like nothing better that you can do than just to take some time, really seek God on a decision and understand that God, my mom's been saying is my, God's a really big target. Like you're not going to miss him. Like don't get stressed, don't get anxiety through that process, but understand Mm -hmm. that God cares more about the decision you're about to make than even you do. Yeah. I think even with that understanding and impacting that already grand statement is knowing God's a big target because he's not the occupation itself. He's what you're going to do through the occupation. He's not, um, you know, getting married. That's not God saying, once you get married, well done. <laughs> it's like oh, marriage is like, you need the, what is it? The verse of the cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that's because God is entangled and weaved within our marriages, within our calling. And I think specifically when you mentioned teenagers, like my mind just goes to um, Joseph and he gets a dream really young. And he's like, okay, guys, here's the thing. I had a dream that you all bowed down to me. So like, let's go, like, let's hit the knees right now. And they're like, you're a little big for your britches, right? (laughs) Okay. God's given me a dream to um, be a doctor or to go to this school and letting, again, letting God breathe on that show like how that expands and unfolds. It's my advice for uh, teenagers. Cause we know how did Christian, how did you find your calling or how are you finding your calling? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, live it out, right? I can talk about needing time for it to breathe. Yeah. I think for me, I um surprisingly enough, I mean, I had parents that were both educators. And for me, I always knew I'd be going to college. I was lucky enough I did go the route that Arden didn't go. So I played sports somewhere and um had an amazing opportunity to get school paid for for tennis. And then I changed my major about three times still somehow graduated in four years, but got to the end of the road and thought, um, what if this lane isn't the right lane? Like, what if I've been listening so much to what, um, you know, even my parents and their, their best attempts, like they're just saying, Hey, this could be a good route. Like, let's go for it. Um, and listening to that instead of saying, okay, what they're teaching me is, um, to work hard, what they're teaching me is to have vision, um, to set my standards high and, and, I went through those four years of got to make good grades, got to graduate in four years. And um, it came to that moment of graduating and thinking, I really haven't let this expand. I haven't been letting God breathe on this and just inviting him into that. He would give me whispers, you know, as he does for all of us. And he said, Hey, instead of sports broadcasting, what if we did creative ministry? And I was like, okay, God, that's great. I'm going to graduate soon and you'll give me that job. Right. And he's like, no, we're going to take you back to your hometown to the same job you were working before you started college, high school. And I was like, man, I missed the mark. Like we're starting all over. Uh. <laughs> I, I feel like in my journey, God just said, let me breathe on it. Let me humble you. And let me show you that 
when you partner with me with that hard work, with that dreaming, with the um, humility and respect for, for others, even I will amplify things that you can't do in your own strength. I will call you to places you can never develop yourself. And it's just been a rapid effect from there where at one point it felt like we were starting all over and it was really slow. And then the next uh, married to this guy and he's like, you're changing really fast. Like, how are, how are you doing this? And it's Aww. just, it's a dance. I feel some seasons That's are really slow, neat. some are fast, but it's all um, God's timing and his will. If we're just, yes. alive. that's so good. Yeah, I like that. It shows you just, how like i think you quoted um earlier arden the verse that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the lord and it's it's interesting you know steps are kind of granular right mm. they're one at a time mm. even though we want to see like leaps and bounds way in front of us mm-hmm. and it, it kind of goes like the word of god is a light into our uh feet mm-hmm. or a lamp to, lamp our, feet. to our feet yeah a light mm-hmm. to our path mm-hmm. it's another it's another verse talking about like yeah Sometimes we don't see way out in front of us, but we have to trust, like you said, God whispering to us and God um, enlightening us where we are, mm-hmm. not even though we want the GPS, like yeah, we want to know everything, 100% certainty way out in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. How do we get this, this good blend between metaphors that we're all talking about, like, you know, a lamp into our feet. Uh, we often talk about like knocking on doors and scripture uses that language. Um, you talked about God breathing so are, on are a you, Christian. What you're trying to do is make it super practical. And now I'm going to ask you guys to make it super practical. Okay. So say you guys have like a 17 year old getting super, like lots of anxiety because he's about to graduate right now. Mm-hmm. How would you walk him through this process or her through this process of like, what do I do now? Yeah. Like where do we start? What are some practical steps that they can take, even though they're hearing this, these concepts and these metaphors and it's beautiful and we can all envision certain aspects of our own journeys. Where would they start um, with some practical steps? We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage, too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Yeah. So I, here is my heart for this generation is I feel like this generation has a lot of voices coming to them. Um, we have a lot of voices on social media, podcasts, sermons, uh, pastors, like just it, it's across the board. We have a lot of voices and some of those voices are amazing, but there is one voice that we have to remember as a generation that has to be our dictating voice. And that's the word of God. And I remember when I went through my pivotal year of making that big decision, the thing that stood out the most was not who did I talk to? and have a conversation about what my life was going to be. It was the word of God. And I I love what Isaiah says. He says, whether I look to the right or left, he said, I hear a voice from behind me saying, this is the way walking it. And this is really interesting because when we understand like the idea of shepherds and how a shepherd lead, God always equivalents, you know, his people as he is the shepherd and we are the sheep that we are following the great shepherd. But oftentimes what we see that as is the shepherd is actually up in front of us. We get the eye view of we're like, okay, God's right up there. I'm watching him. But the reality of it is that a shepherd very rarely ever leads from front. The only time he ever leads from front is he's when he's going through unfamiliar territory. And Jesus came before and walked out this earth and gave us his word. That is our, like, like what you just said, it is 
the lamp unto our feet, that we are able to see the path that is ahead of us through his word. Because Jesus said, I'm going to go through all the same tribulation, trial, uh, temptations, everything that you go through. I'm going to walk it for you so that you are not going to unfamiliar terrain. But there is also going to be the voice that's coming from behind you. And this is the amazing thing is that sheep are so in tune to the shepherd's voice because of the amount of time that they spend with the shepherd. And I was watching this video the other day, or actually like a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago. And now it's like everything's blending together. But I was watching this video and it was this shepherd who was showing this, this thing about his sheep. And he, was, he brought all these random people uh, to all of his sheep. And he said, hey, I want you to call out these these like commands to my sheep. And so all these people got up and they kept calling the same exact command to the sheep and none of the sheep responded. They just continued to kept going about grazing. They were all scattered throughout the hill. And immediately as the shepherd gets up there and calls out that same exact command, all of the sheep immediately respond. And it's because the sheep know the shepherd's voice. They're not going to allow any dictating, opposing, you know, opposite voices that are from the world make any decisions for them. It's only the voice of the shepherd that's going to lead them and guide them. And I think right now, what I'm seeing more and more from this generation is we do not know what the word of God says about us. We have substituted the word of God for podcasts or, or Instagram posts or things like that. When we don't know what the word of God says, and when we get in the word, and that's like, I know that it just sounds almost maybe too practical. Like that's good. The word is the most defining thing that we can have for our life. Like that's, that was the moment when I was like, okay, this is, this is the pivotal moment in my life. When I begin to start getting in the word as a daily routine and not as some, you know, duty to be able to check out, but just honestly, just knowing God and just getting in the word of seeing what he's revealed to me. I, we were at a conference recently, we were speaking as a workshop. And I remember I had a conversation with this kid and I was talking to him about the fruits of the spirit. And he was like, well, what do I do? And I was like, well, go, I said, go into your like word. Yeah. Like, well, no, he's just, he's like, what do I do with my life? And what do I actually even do with mm. those gifts of the spirit? And I said, well, just go to your word and start reading. I said, maybe just start with talking about like finding, going and reading about the gifts of spirit. And he was like, well, can you tell me exactly where that is? Cause I don't want to go through the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I, was like, I was like, I can. There's the problem. Yes. I was like, I will, but I want you to still keep going through. And I said, yes, go to that specific spot. But oftentimes what we try to do is we go to the word of God just to get a message and how many times do we actually just read the word of God to allow it to read us, mm-hmm. like just to sit in it and just dwell in it and say, okay, God, as mm-hmm. you begin to get his thoughts as your thoughts, he begins to dictate and, and direct your steps in alignment for you. And so you'll hear when you come to those pivotal moments, when you hear, when you come to that crossroad, you will hear the voice of the shepherd. But if you do not know the shepherd, then you're going to come to that point where you're at a crossing and you're going to be extremely confused because you are going to be unfamiliar with the voice of God. And, and that is so familiar with unfamiliar. Yeah. Too familiar with all the other opposing voices that are going to lead you. Right. And that's the thing is like, and I want to make sure we're getting this is that Samuel, Samuel, like this is, this is one of the greatest things that God showed me. Samuel grew up in the temple of God. He was dedicated to the temple of God, but yet when he heard the voice of God, he was unfamiliar with it. It said for three times, what did he do? He ran back to the thing that he was familiar with. He ran to Eli. And when he heard his name, he ran to Eli and said, what are you saying? And Eli's like, I'm not calling you. And Samuel's like, I don't know what's going on. And it takes Eli the, the moment, the third time when it happens to say, okay, this is what happens. This is what's happening. God's speaking through you. And so God was able to take someone who was completely unfamiliar with the voice of God when he was 13 years old, he was able to take him and make him a mouthpiece for all of Israel. And so that's just my encouragement to everyone listening that's 17, 18, you know, in those teen years that are pivotal years, that that's the greatest thing that you can get into your life. Get into the word. So good. Yeah. Do you guys have some tips on how like you told that that student right that was like you know where do I start and you're like go read about the fruit that fruit of the spirit and um what are some tips that you have for like creating that daily devotional time and getting into the word 
Go, yeah, I, you want to? I can go ahead. You can go first. Um, uh, so there, there's a couple of things that you have to do, and I, I will say some of it is developing good habits. Like there was one thing that we were reading is a book called Atomic Habits, and mm-hmm. and she talked about like, hey, if you want to read, like put your book on. Or oh, he yes, sorry. We need to say, yeah. I don't think it was confusing. I, didn't, I know he's going to listen to this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you. How dare you? He was saying, he was saying, you know, if you want to read more, then put your book on your pillow, like so that when you go to bed at night, you physically have to move it from your pillow. But what I mean, I remember for me, um, a habit I set up is I started getting up just a little bit earlier each every day. And so I begin to got up, like I, I begin to get up maybe about 30 minutes, an hour before I normally would go to work. And sometimes that was really like frustrating because I, I would just be like, okay, I read for a little while and now I don't know what to do. And I would just kind of like either fall back asleep or doze off. And then, but I would just set up that time. And I mean, what I would do is I would create the space because if you don't create the space for that intentional time to get forward, it's not going to happen. If you're just like, I'm going to fit it in to my day, you know, something Christian and I do almost every single morning is we get up, we get our coffee start going, which I know you guys love and relate to that. We get our coffee going and we just sit down. And what I've been doing recently is I have been leaving my phone on my charger. So it's not coming with me. If it, I've noticed almost every single time, if my phone comes with me, I will start spending time on my phone and start looking at things or start getting into conversations or start work early. And I do not get into the word of God, or if it's close to me, I will get into the word of God and I'll be like distracted by what's going on. So just creating those spaces, I think it's just really, really necessary. And as you begin to read the word, I will encourage people because some people say, I tried that and just it didn't work. Like as you read the word, you develop an appetite for the word. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's good. I love it. Something that really helped me when I was trying to develop this habit was actually uh, taking away the shame of, you know, you expect yourself growing up in a Christian household that I need probably need to be reading the Bible at least 45 minutes every morning and then praying for about an hour and a half. <laughs> After that, I was spiritual. You know, and, and I frankly, I'm being humorous, but I didn't live up to that. So my expectations far exceeded my reality. And so uh, one of the things that I worked on doing was just saying, you know what, just I like how you said 30 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, earlier. That's mm-hmm. not too bad. Yeah. Most people can do that. Or even having them start with like five minutes, right? Where it right. feels super attainable. And you know what, too, yeah. if that if that word of God is out and maybe you visit it a few times every single day, that could be extremely beneficial. Yeah. You know, just stewing it meditating on his precepts mm-hmm. you know, like that there's something to be said by going deep and not just wide but mm-hmm. going deep on just a, a few verses could really you can glean something from that yes we'll be right back to the interview but i wanted to share with you about kindred bravely my favorite brand for new mamas um last week you may have heard me share a little bit about the midi skirt that they sent me um it is still my favorite skirt i've been wearing it nonstop. it's the ribbed bamboo maternity midi skirt although it doesn't look like maternity but it's definitely maternity friendly and um i have also been enjoying um the beautiful sweater that they sent me to go with that and man, I cannot recommend this brand enough. They employ um, two dozen work at home moms and their mission comes through in everything that they do. So go to kindredbravely.com and you can put in the code DYMC20 to save 20% off your purchase. I strongly recommend it, especially for all you mamas and postpartum, super comfy bamboo clothes. The link is in the show notes. Yeah, I think we, so I heard it said recently, and this is kind of something God's been kind of dealing with me of just being more intentional to go deep into scripture, because oftentimes I'm very much a task oriented person. I'm like, okay, I read a chapter today, or I read two chapters today, but there was, he kind of showed me this in scripture. There's three, uh, three brains that you have, and it's your, you know, your head brain, your heart brain, and then your gut brain. Mm-hmm. And in those three brains, there's three ways that you develop those brains with scripture. And the number one, it's like just reading. It's, 
it's uh, when you just read scripture, it goes to your thought brain. And so it's you're getting the words in your thoughts, you're renewing your mind. And then when you memorize scripture, it goes into your heart. It's, it comes and it flows out of there. It's that expression that comes from your heart. It's what's ingrained onto your heart. But he said, but then there's the gut brain. And the gut brain is developed by meditating on scripture. And meditating on scripture is not like this. I sit down and I'm like, oh, like, what, what are you trying to say? Kind of thing. Like, I think I remember my dad used to, or Addison, my older brother, used to send out emails from the ministry and he would say meditating on it. And then, and I'd be like, that just sounds like a really, word i was like let's try to let's try to update that word but correct yeah exactly i was like because it just i was like i i I didn't understand the concept of it and meditation is just going deeper into that and like so when you read the scripture like christian's got a scripture here uh pulled up and it says for you died and your life is now hidden with christ and god is that's looking at that scripture and said okay for you died god you, like you sent your son, your son Christ to die on the cross and just going deeper into that. And what do you mean hidden with God and going deeper? Like, what exactly did you mean by hidden with God? What does exactly does that look like? What are the mysteries that are hidden within that? Because if something's hidden, I've got to find that. I've got to go deeper into like, and you just, you kind of take it and just piece it out. And it just begins to get ingrained into your gut. And that's talked about in scripture. And so that's something that I think is really important and understanding it's our daily bread. Like if you want to go into a battle and you have not eaten for two weeks, you are, you are not going to do well in that battle. And so it is a substance for your life. So if you're wondering like, why am I so weak? Why am I going through this? I'm not responding the way I hoped or wish. Look at your, look at the the time that you're spending in the word. In the word. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of indicator for you. Yes. Yeah. And the word being our daily bread. I mean, it's a metaphor, but it, rings true in every aspect even for those of us i'm like you you know arden where i tend to do the check the list check the box thing and um you know this is how many chapters well one of one of our ministers um in our circles that we really love to glean from he said if the word is your daily bread he's like then how much of the word should you be eating each day enough to make you sustained enough to make you full and that's not going to be the same amount each day. And it's not a, a you know prescribed amount. It's when you feel sustained. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that concept. It makes it more, more living, more livable. More re- yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, one other place for folks who are listening, one other place for folks to start when they think about, you know, how can I find my calling? You know, you're starting with the word and a resource that is chock full of truth nuggets and the word is this book called I Am. And it's uh, written by sons and daughters and Arden and Christian are both part of this group, sons and daughters. Um, And it has seven identity statements that are beautifully um, written about and uh, just more details on each of these statements. And what I really love about this approach to both calling and identity is that, I mean, this is something we've tried to instill into our very young children, um, you know, that we, every morning we do a breakfast benediction and, and it's identity statements that they have memorized about who they are. And this is how you guys set it up. It's identity statements. I am holy. I am righteous. I am loved. I am secure. I'm confident. I'm creative. I am called. Um, and, and it's just beautiful statements that really people can embrace that will help them in following that calling. Um, talk to us a little bit more uh, about your book, I Am, and how it can help folks in finding their calling and embracing who God designed them to be. Yeah, I mean, I know we've kind of made our uh, niche audience for this, the teenagers, people that are, um, maybe not even teenagers, but people that are coming up in this valley of decision. And, you know, we felt it was important to make this book around identity because especially after the last year, identity can be a question because it feels like um, the communal response to figuring these things out has been hindered and the um, wrong voices that we should be listening to have been amplified. And I think even what you were saying earlier, Adam, of people that think, man, I'm, I've been in COVID season. I'm trying to read my Bible, but I'm in close quarters. And some days, like, I just don't even feel like a Christian. <laughs> I've, I've seen what you and I have done 
Adam, not Adam. Sorry, we don't connect like that. Um, <laughs> we're gonna do a couple small group after this podcast. Yeah, yeah. What Arden and I have done is when we do that daily time of I'm going to um, read the Bible, or I'm going to go into a resource like the I Am book, or I'm just gonna um, let what I read today in the Word permeate. When we do that communally, it does something for letting those hidden nuggets come true. It does something for saying it out loud and believing it. So we put these seven declarations in because we've seen these seven to be things that God calls all of us um, collectively, but also individually has a portion of his spirit, um, his direction, his words for your life within them. So when we say, Hey, uh, I'm creative. God made us this way. And we talk it out and live it and do it in a way where um, we have to believe it. Like we can't just digest it, but we have to let it sink in. Um, We found that to be life-changing for so many of us that were part of this project. And the mere fact that it was by a collective, I mean, just honing in on the idea of God calls you, he gives you a calling like we've been talking about, but he also gives you a calling to make an impact, to show his expression, to reach his body. And so if you are interested in this book, like even get it with a friend, like go through it, have that accountability and the richness of Yes, God's speaking things into you, but other people saying, hey, I've seen that. I can validate. I can give testimony to God's word because um, like Arden, you are creative. You Did you think last week that thing that you did that you've never done anything before? Arden had a real techie moment last week where he was just like booming, fixing tech issues. And I'm like, look at you. you like, what is this? I think I would know, like be familiar with Zoom and things like that after a year, but I'm so good. good trouble with that stuff. So it was a big moment for me. Thank you. It's laughable, but we just seen when we believe these declarations, yes. when we um, hone in and refocus and resharpen what we may already know, but getting more of, do we believe this for ourselves? Yes. Uh, it quickens us and allows what God's been um, speaking. And he's like, yes, finally, you're getting it. No matter how old you are, um, I need you to believe what I've called you to be. Yes. And when you partner up and you do that as a married couple or you do that, you know, a friend doing, you know, reading through this with a friend, you are strengthening your relationship too, right? Because you're speaking truth into each other and um, you're affirming each other as you, as you read through this and you get enlightened and then you But you also it. can uh, work on your sanctification by taking influence from your partner. Yep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) These are such important um, identity statements. And when people are, I think, trying to find what their calling is and it seems so insurmountable to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do here? Mm -hmm. Even working on, maybe your calling is just to figure out your identity right now. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you have no confidence, what if you gain confidence? What doors of Mm -hmm. opportunity would that open up for you? I mean, just think about if you put these on and you actually started to believe that these are your identity, the world begins to open up. The possibilities begin to open up yes. and then you can be God's ambassador that much better into mm-hmm. the world. Exactly. Yeah, the Bible talks about it in Romans and it says the entire cosmos, the entire galaxy, the universe is standing tiptoe, waiting for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And that means that the world is waiting for you to step into the fullness that God has called you to do. And I watch what my parents did for us boys is that like us boys growing up, they would just declare these things over us. And that was the thing that kept us like the voice coming back. Like I think oftentimes parents are like, why do I raise godly kids in such a crazy time period? And it's like, these are the things that you declare over your kids that the voice of God will allow them just, it will stay within their back of their head and it will continue to call them back because the, the calling that God has placed on their life is so much greater than anything the world has offered them. And so we just want to see more and more people grab hold of that. We don't want to see people think, you know, Hey, I became a Christian and that means my life just became really mundane. And here's all the things I have to say no to. And it's like, no, here's actually like, if, if oh, you entered into a covenant, like when I married Christian, I did not you know, stand there at the altar, watching her come down and say, Oh man, this is all the things I'm going to have to say no to. It was that. We're checking out the other girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, yeah, it was this covenant we were about to enter into that was this 
greater extension and the manifold of just like beauty that we were about to walk into. And it was not me standing there and be like, oh man, if people do do that, then their marriage is not going to go well. But that's our, like when, yeah, when we, when we say yes, we don't, we've got to realize like the day of salvation, we made it so much in today's church. We made it the pinnacle. Like, hey, boom, your day of salvation is, and you're like, well, what's next? Yeah, and what about sanctification? Yeah, it's like the realization of discipleship. It's like Jesus told the disciples, follow me. And then it was not just that was the end of the journey. That was only the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of all the miracles, the beginning of all the wonders that they saw. And then that as they went through in relationship, then they were able to go out and do on their own. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to welcome this generation into. We want to see this generation walk into the fullness of what God's yeah. called them to be. Mm-hmm. We want to see them grab hold of that, identify it, understand it, and then just live it out in their expressions of whatever that looks like for their world. Yeah. And we're not saying, hey, this generation is just so crappy. We got to step it up. We're just saying there's so much waiting beyond the veil of, of what we've been comfortable with. Yeah. Even Luke 2.52, it says Jesus grew in stature and favor and in wisdom. And so if, if Jesus comes on this earth and takes like 20 years, most of his life just to learn and grow and develop, like how much more do we need that no matter what stage of life we're in? That's really good. Right. If Jesus took 10 years (laughs) or 30 years to perfect himself. Yeah. Yeah. All you 25 year olds, you know, cut yourself some slack. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. You guys, this has been fantastic. We're looking forward to sharing uh, not just this episode, but your resource with so many folks. Um, If you guys want to get the book, we will link it in the show notes. It's called I Am, the subtitle, Finding Your Identity. Find your identity, claim your freedom, embrace the adventure. And we'll link that. Um, You guys also mentioned Atomic Habits as a resource. Any other resources that you would recommend? Yeah. Uh, so I'll think by John and Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? She she threw in a random plug for my parents in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, gotta throw up the plan. But I would say um, there's a really good book that is a it's a challenging book, but it's a really good read. And it's called After You Believe. It's by a guy named N.T. Wright. Yeah. Um, I would encourage people to go through that because he goes into depth on that conversation of okay, I just got saved. Now what? And mm-hmm. he, beautifully frames it out in such a great expression. So I would encourage people to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he can challenge folks for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, so they can find us, uh, the best way to do it. Cause it's a whole group of us is going to sons and And so through there, they'll be able to either get more connected to what we're doing as a ministry through our ambassador program. They can find the book, they can find our podcast and, uh, get connected to us through social media. Okay, great. What's, uh, what are you guys on social media? Is it sons and daughters? Da- yeah. Sons and daughters TV. Oh, so that is your Instagram. That's also a website. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Got Sorry. it. Awesome. <laughs> and then uh, you guys are on Instagram as well. Personally, how can folks connect with you on Instagram? Yes. Arden is just Arden Bevere and Christian Bevere was taken by some um, Middle Eastern man. That's rude. Oh, um, oh right. So <laughs> I miss Christian Bevere. Uh, my callings and my marital status just because my name was taken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, we'll link you guys both in the show notes. And um, thank you guys so much for sharing your wisdom and your resources with us today. One thing we like to do to close out each episode is to ask our interviewees this same question. And um, it's rewind back to the beginning of your marriage. You guys have been married three years now. Um, go back to those first few months, even the first year. The first week. Yeah, right. Yeah. And think about the advice that you wish you would have received and fill in the blank. Dear young married couple. Mm, let, me, let me take it. You go ahead. Yep. Um, the advice I wish we would have received would be uh, to think of the first year of breaking ground. You know, when you build a home, nothing you build is going to be worthwhile. It's going to stay long if you don't dig deep and let the um, the hardening foundation set in. Um, and I say hardening because the first year can be hard. I mean, it's breaking soil for two people becoming one. Um, it's almost like when you break a bone and it becomes stronger, but you have to allow yourself to see, I'm going deep to build something strong. 
Um, don't think you are, you married the wrong person or something's terribly wrong with you. Like we joked the first year is like the mirror year when you find out every flaw you had hidden from yourself or (laughs) everything that was like, okay to do with one person. But when you're living under one roof, you have to address. So I think in the first few months we thought, oh man, we came across a fight. We're really failing. Like we're supposed to (laughs) Like the Bible says, I'm supposed to just submit to him, and I don't really want to. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. In this moment, yeah, we had to figure out like how do we do conflict together? What is God shaping us? Um, and just allowing ourselves to be having the right attitude going into it can make it all um, a lot softer landing and help you get through the the beauty of that refinement. Uh, I like that. That's the mirror good. year. Yeah. yeah. And the hardening. <laughs> yes. How about for you, Arden? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I think I think the greatest lesson that I learned uh in the first year and still of course continuing to learn is just like just hearing her is not listening. Um and I think we went through Listen. a lot of sorry, you said that backwards. Oh, sorry. Well no. Well, just listening to her is not hearing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but thing, but yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I think we went through that first year and there was a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I I'm, I'm hearing you, like I'm listening to you, but I'm not getting it. And, and that caused a lot of just, um, a lot of like more and more conversations and times for us just to really like grow. And I think that has been one of my biggest keys just to young, young people who are getting married is just, Hey, make sure you take the time to understand your wife, like understand that I came from a family of all boys and, it looked completely different and having and i married, came from all girls so yeah. we really it was uncharted oh wow <laughs> yeah so yeah. taking time to understand that the the communication is absolutely so key and i know that's not a revolutionary thing but it's a very vital thing yeah. and we're just watching as more and more people we're like what the heck how did you get to this place and we just realized it's because there's such a lack of communication mm-hmm. a lack of one of them being feeling like they're being heard or not being heard in a situation so just taking that time to understand your wife um, I would go back and be like, it's one of the most beneficial things you yeah. could do in your marriage. And someone even someone told us, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much, good guys. Stuff. This has been excellent. And uh, your book's been out for like two weeks. So I'm excited to see how the impact it makes over the coming months and years. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for having us on. All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.